Well, we are in the last week of our summer message series, and this series is called Grow. So for eight weeks this summer, we've been talking about some of the different aspects of our faith journey. And my goal for this series from the beginning has been to encourage uh, new believers, uh, to encourage longtime believers and those who are exploring faith for the very first time, as well as each and every week challenge every person uh, to take that next step in their Christian walk. So in this series, we've talked about what it means to be a new creation in Christ, that in Christ, the old is gone. You are a new person, a new creation in Jesus. We've talked about how reading God's word regularly, regularly has literally has the power to change lives. We've talked about how prayer is this wonderful gift that God's given us individually and as a church, and that prayer is a partnership with God. We've also addressed topics like doubt, that it's okay to doubt. In fact, God will often use our doubt to help grow that to greater faith. And we've talked about friendship, uh, being the right kind of friend, the kind of friend that God calls us to be towards others. We've talked about how sharing our faith uh, with others is one of those aspects of our faith journey. It really helps grow our faith. These are all important aspects of our Christian walk. So today I want to bring everything together by talking about this question. And this could probably be a sermon series in and of itself. But today we're going to talk about what makes a healthy church. What makes a healthy church? You know, there's so much value in being part of a healthy church where God's word is preached where God's word is taught in different outlets, where, where prayer is a part of who we are, and where authentic biblical community is taking place, and where those solid friendships are being formed, where we're serving together, growing together. In a setting like this, individuals are able to ask questions about their faith. They're able to support one another and learn and grow in their walk with Christ. You know, the body of Christ is meant to glorify God. That's its purpose while allowing for individuals to freely express uh, their faith in Christ. And this makes me think, you know, if, if we were to give a tour of Onalaska Church of Christ, what would be the things that we would highlight? You know, what would be the things that we, we said were important? Would we emphasize the, the church building? You know, the, the colors on the wall or the stage, um, the, the classrooms? Would we emphasize the daycare next door? Maybe we would emphasize our children's ministry or our worship team. Maybe this morning we would emphasize Sunday school classes or even something like missions. You know, despite what many people think about the church, the church isn't a building. It's a community of believers. It's the people. The the church is the body of Christ. And because the church is the people, the, the way it looks uh, visually, the way it functions, you know, the way some of the ministries operate, it can vary in a lot of ways from church to church. And today we're going to talk about some of the basic characteristics, or what I, I like to call the essential ingredients that help grow a healthy church. As we go to God's word this morning, we, we learn about these, these traits or ingredients that are most important to God. And it's also a reminder to the church about some of the traits that might just be personal preference. Because I don't care who you are, what church you go to, um, every church is going to have some things that they do that maybe they do just because it's personal preference. But, you know, what I want our church to be about is, is centered on God's word. And I want to be focused on the things that really matter to God. Amen. 
I want to be a church that values the things that God values. I want us to pray prayers that, you know, God, give us a heart for the things that you have a heart for, not just our own preferences. So this morning, we're going to look at Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, you can turn there. Um, You can also pull out your smartphone or your tablet, and we're also going to have the the scripture up on the screen. Um, Here in a few weeks, we'll have some new Bibles under the seat. So if you didn't bring one, you can just grab one there. This is such an amazing word uh, for the local church this morning. It says, All the believers uh, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. Listen to this, church. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those who were in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with with great joy and with generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So Luke, the the Gentile doctor, early follower of Jesus, he wrote this amazing book uh, about 30 years after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The book of Acts, for, for the church, it illustrates the start and growth of the early church and how Jesus chose to work through these early believers. They sought to follow his example every single day. You know, this book lays out some of the foundational truths for Christian ministry, and these are truths that uh, many churches still value and apply today. So Acts chapter 2 details uh, the Holy Spirit's powerful arrival on Pentecost. This is almost two months after Jesus' crucifixion. Uh, We've talked about this in the past. Pentecost was originally a Jewish harvest festival that was celebrated about 50 days after Passover. Uh, But today... For the church, it marks the birth of the Christian church when Jesus' followers received the promised gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 provides what I like to think of as a model for what it looks like to grow a healthy and welcoming church. A church that acts as a caring family and one that glorifies God in all that they do. There's, there's some important things here for the church. You know, I believe that if all Christian churches were to value the things that we see in Acts chapter 2, more people would want to be a part of what's going on. Because when a body of believers loves, cares, and teaches God's word accurately, it it meets needs, it encourages growth, and it points people to Christ. Um, Healthy churches look to Acts chapter 2 as a basis for how they do ministry. And that's what I want to talk about today. So if you're taking notes, the first point for this morning is this, um, that a healthy church has essential ingredients. A healthy church has essential ingredients. You know, this series is all about growth, uh, growth in our lives personally, um, as families, and as the church. So I was curious this week to learn about what are some of the essential ingredients that are necessary uh, for a plant uh, to grow and, and even remain healthy, to thrive. So I'm going to need some group participation this morning. We're going to wake up a little bit today. So as you look at the plant that I brought this morning, what are some of those essential ingredients that make a plant like this grow, or any plant for that matter? Um, so do you can just yell it out. Water? Sunlight? Soil? 
Air? <laughs> Any, anything else? Nutrients? Time? Yeah, it takes time, time to grow. You guys have a much better list than I came up with for sure. But yeah, you, you think about the, like the sunlight, the water, the soil, all of the other things that if you're into, you know, plants, you know about. I'm not one of those people, but <laughs> you know, it, uh, all of those things are essential ingredients. Now, what would happen to any plant if just one of those ingredients were missing? What would happen? It, it, this is more of a rhetorical question, but without water, without sunlight, without soil, the plant would starve. It would wither. It would begin to lose its parts one by one, and it would eventually die, even with just one of those ingredients missing. Acts chapter 2 gives the church the, the essential ingredients that help the body of Christ grow, uh, remain healthy, and even thrive. All of these things are crucial for the body of Christ. So when we look at Acts chapter 2, the question is, well, what are these healthy ingredients? What are the things that we should value? Well, the first thing that's mentioned in Acts chapter 2 verse 42 is that a healthy church is a learning church. A healthy church is a learning church. Um, it says that all believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. It doesn't say half of the church or just a couple of them. It says all of the believers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So a healthy church has a hunger for the word of God and a hunger to apply God's wisdom to our daily lives. You know, there's a solid biblical foundation for preaching and teaching. And I believe the early church would have counted it a wasted day if they didn't learn something new about Jesus and learn to apply God's wisdom to their lives. They had a genuine hunger for the word of God. Now, when I think about hunger, I mean, the only thing that I can think of is, you know, by the time church is over, everybody's hungry, right? We're ready to go get something to eat, and you probably have something planned out. Man, they, they had a genuine hunger for God's word. They couldn't go a day without it. So a healthy church is a learning church. Another thing we see is that a healthy church is a church of fellowship and community, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it goes on to say that they devoted themselves uh, to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. I was reading this week, one author calls this, uh, this aspect of a healthy church, he calls it the quality of togetherness. This is a quality that every healthy church will have. That's, there's an authenticity to the way a church gathers together, comes together. They genuinely love being together. They love to serve together, to worship together, and to grow with all ages and stages. This is an aspect of a healthy church that I've been praying about a lot this week. Um, I'm going to be honest with you this morning. There's a little bit of uh, concern that I've had. I think just still having fresh eyes at OCC. And that is when we see in scripture that the early church really blurred the line between ages and stages and they came together, they loved to serve together and worship together. Lately, I've been seeing a little bit of the opposite of that in our church. I think it's perfectly fine and, and healthy for us to do things like children's ministry and youth ministry and have uh, different groups of ages and stages gather. Like on Monday morning in the fall and the spring, we have our joy group gather. That's you know our retired age. Um, we have our outreach team that gets together and they, and they talk about focusing on outreach in the community and they, and they do those things. But here's the thing, church. A healthy church can't grow when there's division in the church where we separate ages and stages. And maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe you've noticed this as well. But I, I just really feel a very deep conviction as I read God's word that God wants us to pray about this and make more of an effort to start coming together as the church. Amen? 
We have to start blurring the lines between ages and stages because there's so much wisdom that the older generation can offer the younger. There's so many fresh ideas and methods that the younger generation can offer to help the church move forward. We've, we've got to work together. It's God's plan. It's his purpose. So the question I had this week is, how can we start to work towards a more unified church body? Three things just came to my mind. I think one of these my wife gave me, but these might just be personal opinions, so take it with a grain of salt. But the first thing is this. Begin right now praying about joining a growth group this fall. This fall, we've got new groups that are going to be starting and, and the purpose of these groups on Wednesday nights is to really blur the line between age and stage. Um, you can be 18 years old or you can be 88 years old and you can be a part of this group. We're going to have a group on prayer and we're also going to have a, a group on community. Uh, so start praying about being involved in a group with maybe some people that you normally wouldn't be involved with. Get to know some new people. The second thing, and this is the, the idea that my wife gave me, and I haven't asked the elders about this yet, so... We'll see how it goes, but <laughs> blame her. She was telling me, uh, my mother-in-law, so Faith's wife and, and, and her dad and their family, they attend a church that um, once a month they have their members sign up for this like supper club kind of thing. And uh, you put your name into a hat and the church mixes up the names and they tell you who you're going to go have lunch with. Are we going to do that? I, I don't know. But here's the point. Maybe we should start inviting some other people out to lunch and spending time with some new people. Getting to know people in a setting that's not just Sunday morning, not just within the church walls, but really getting to know some families. I mean, April shared last week how when they moved here, or a couple weeks ago, how a family really just took them in and and adopted them as their kids, as their grandkids. You know, what, what could God do through this church if we were to come together and really start valuing and building those relationships? So a healthy church is, is a church that, of fellowship and community. And the last thing is, is this, for, for this point, pray about serving at OCC in some way. Th- this didn't really hit me until this week, but most of our ministries here at the church are designed to be for all ages and stages. They, they really are, whether it's our prayer ministry or our worship ministry, uh, maybe it's missions. I mean, all of these things have room for anybody in any stage of life. If you're single, married, whatever it is, there's a place for you. So start praying about getting involved joining a ministry here at the church and using your gifts to serve God. So a healthy church is a church of fellowship and community. They genuinely love to be together. Is that our attitude when we show up on Sunday mornings? You know, one of our elders describes this time, and I won't call him out because we haven't talked about this as a group yet either, but he he likes to describe this time as when we first meet, it's kind of the end of our week. And then when we dismiss, it's the beginning of, of the next week. So we have this time in the middle where there's some specific things that God wants to do in the body of Christ. This is a very special time. God has a purpose for this time. You being here today is a good thing. And let's have joy to, to come together as the church. Another thing that Acts listen, lists as an essential part of a, a healthy church is that a healthy church is a praying church. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, that verse ends by saying they devoted themselves to prayer. So a healthy church knows individually and as the church that they cannot meet life in their own strength and they know that they don't have to. When you walk out these doors, you do not have to meet life in your own strength. See, we go to God before we go out into the world. A healthy church can meet the storms of life head on because they have first met with Jesus. 
in our church, we have a prayer ministry. Uh, these, these, this small group of people are prayer warriors, and they meet almost every single Sunday in the afternoon to pray for the needs of our church, to pray for your prayer request. We need more people a part of that group. We need more people to, to pray about being a prayer warrior, to be used by God in that way, to help intercede on behalf of others who are struggling. This morning, if you're here and you're just not plugged in anywhere, this could be the opportunity for you to get involved, to grow. Uh, instead of, you know, maybe uh, being disheartened or, or, or whatever some of the feelings are about some of the, the changes or anything else going on in the church, kind of turn a 180 and say, you know what, I'm just going to begin to pray for this church. I'm going to ask God to move in a big way. We're going to talk here in a little bit about some of the things that God has done over the past 11 months to, to 12 months in this church. And we're going to celebrate that. None of those things are possible without prayer. Amen? So a healthy church is a praying church. We also see in Acts 2 that a healthy church is a reverent and active church. A healthy church is a reverent and active church. Acts 2.43 says, a deep sense of awe or, or reverence. That word awe is the same word as, as the word reverence. It came over them all. It says the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. They were active. So there was this sense of awe because they had seen God on the move. They had seen God work in ways that only God uh, could do. And because of that, it motivated them to action. This is a church that had seen the power of God. And now it says they're performing many miraculous signs and wonders. They were being the hands and feet of Jesus. Witnessing what God does in the life of a church motivates a church to action. A healthy church is never a stagnant church. A healthy church is an active church because of who Jesus is and what he's done. So a healthy church is a reverent and active church. Another thing we see here is that a healthy church is a generous church. A healthy church is a generous church. Acts chapter 2, verses 44 and 45, it says, All the believers met together in one place. So here's that sense of togetherness. And they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions. And they shared the money with those in need. Can you imagine the church today? If we were to take this scripture literally, I mean, this is a letter to the church. If we were to get serious about things like this, you're going home and making a list of the things that we just don't need anymore and finding ways to, to meet the needs financially of people in our community and in our church who are hurting. Man, a healthy church has a deep conviction to care for others. I would say first and foremost, the people within the local body of Christ, but even outside of that, those who are hurting and struggling. It was William Morris. He's a 19th century writer and artist. He said these words. He said, I've never seen a drunken man without having a feeling of personal responsibility for him. I don't know if William was a Christian or not, but I think there's a principle here that goes right along with what Acts chapter 2 is telling us, and that is that a healthy church should not be content to have too much while others have too little. We should never be content to have too much while others have too little. Faith just ordered a book. I don't know if this is for her individually or for our kids, but um, it, it highlights different homes from throughout the world, what they look like. And what they do at the end is they have everyone bring all of their belongings outside of their home, and they take a picture of it. So you can go out through, through all the world and see in different parts of the world what people's homes look like. You get a picture of the, the amount of possessions that they have because it's all laid right out there on the lawn. And, man, you get to the United States, and it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. The things that we think that we need to make us happy. 
and we find out the more we have, the, the less joyful and happy we are. Then you come to these countries, you know, I, I've been to Haiti, and some of these families had nothing, but they had more joy in their life than I've ever seen in my life. They wanted to continue to worship together on Sunday. They weren't so bogged down with like a time frame or how long a song was or which song they were even singing. They just wanted to come together and worship. I preached a sermon in Haiti and we had a translator and I was done after 30 minutes and they asked me to keep preaching and I had nothing else to say. (laughs) Like I didn't prepare, you know, so the guy stepped in and he just kept it going. I mean, can you think about that? This is a very generous church. We, We are a generous church. But when you look at the whole scheme of scripture and you see what kind of generosity God's talking about, he's talking about our time. He's talking about our talent, you know, the gifts that God's given us. And he's talking about our treasure. We are called to be known as a generous church. The church should be, uh, uh, I would say generosity should be a mark of a healthy church. Man, let's pray about these things. Let's do radical things for Jesus. Things that, that people look at and they say, that's crazy. Why would you do that? Well, it's because of Jesus because of what he's done in my life. And I want other people to experience that same thing. So a healthy church is a generous church. We also see that a healthy church is a worshiping and joyful church. Acts chapter two, 46 and 47, it says they worship together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God. And here it is again, enjoying the goodwill of all the people. They enjoyed being around each other. You know, a healthy church makes corporate worship a priority each and every week. In fact, from Genesis to Revelation, you never see where God endorses a solitary faith. I hear this question so many times, and um, we're going to try to answer this in a series that we're going to do next year. I'm kind of planning out. People ask this question, you know, can you be a Christian and not go to church? Or can you not go to church and be a, a Christian? I think a better question to ask is, how do you make it through this life? without surrounding yourselves with the body of Christ. As a believer, how do you do it? I mean, first and foremost, God never endorses a solitary faith. We have private aspects of our faith, like prayer. The majority of our prayer life is probably going to be private. That was a lot of peas. <laughs> we do have that corporate aspect of prayer. But God never endorses a solitary faith. He calls us to to gather together, to grow together, to learn together, to serve together. I think together is the word. This corporate gathering, it should bring an attitude of joy. That kind of joy we've talked about that's untouchable by the world, unchanged by our circumstances. Does that mean that you you, you can't show up to church and just kind of be in a bad mood because things are not going your way? Absolutely not. That's perfectly fine. You know, sometimes I think we try to put on a mask when we come to church. You know, you can have bad days, but there should be a kind of joy that's unchanged by our worldly circumstances because we're in Christ. A healthy church is a worshiping and a joyful church. And finally, the last thing that's mentioned, and you could probably find some more things in this text, but the last thing that stood out to me is that a healthy church is a growing church. A healthy church is a growing church. Uh, Acts 2.47 ends with these words. It says, in each day, man, each day, can you imagine that? It doesn't say each month or each year. It says, each day, the Lord added to their faith those who were being saved. We've talked about this in, in the past, but a healthy church will grow and change. 
A healthy church will grow and change. Anything that's healthy grows. Anything that grows changes. We grow and change individually, uh, spiritually. We grow and change numerically as a church. Our families grow and change. You know, we, we serve a God of multiplication. He's able to take our little, whatever we can offer, and he's able to multiply that, to grow that, and use it for his glory and the good of his people. Amen? Where you feel like you're weak this morning, where you feel like maybe you don't measure up or you don't have what it takes to serve in a certain area, that's where God is strong. I was talking with our, our, our prayer team, our, our praise team this morning, and I was saying, if that's the case, you know, what we see in Scripture, maybe we should start praying that God would just use our weaknesses because that's where he's strong. I don't want it to just be my strength because that doesn't get me very far. Maybe we should be a church that starts praying those bold prayers of God just Get a hold of my weaknesses and use that because your promise says that that's where you're strong. That's where you're going to move. And some of you would say, well, I'm just not a good speaker, so maybe I, I can't get up and, and you know, do communion and offering or, or share in that way. And I, I hated like, speech and debate and drama and all that in high school, and, but God told me I was going to preach. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Some of you, that's how God wants to use you. He wants to get a hold of those areas of weakness in your life. And, and really, he wants to show off in those areas. A healthy church is a growing church. So according to Acts chapter 2, the essential ingredients for a healthy church include things like learning. You know, we have this hunger for God's word. It includes fellowship and community. We've got to start to blur the line between age and stage. We've got to start working together. It includes prayer having a, a reverence for God and being active for Jesus. It includes generosity, and worship, and, and having an attitude of joy. And, and a healthy church includes being, uh, growing spiritually and numerically. Just like healthy plants can have many different types of appearances, I think a healthy, healthy churches can as well. We, we do kind of get in our own bubble sometimes, and we say, you've got to do it this way. And no other way at all. And I've seen other, other churches of different size, you know, churches of 100 or 1,000, be healthy churches. I've seen churches in different locations, whether it's here or across the world, be healthy churches. I've seen churches look different in appearance. Sometimes you walk in and it's a modern church. Sometimes it's a more traditional church. I've seen churches of all kinds be healthy churches. I've seen different denominations, and I'll probably be the first one to tell you that, you know, I don't think that denominations have done a whole lot of good in unifying the church over the years. But sometimes God, God leaves us to our own devices. You know, we see that all the time in Scripture. And I, I have seen, within different denominations, healthy churches. You know, God can use people that genuinely love him and, and have a heart for Jesus in the church. And another thing I was thinking this week Healthy churches, they look different. They can look different in their worship, too. I mean, I was sharing with someone this week, just showing them a video of the church that we came from and the worship on Sunday morning. I mean, it was, you know, super energetic and, and moving around on stage a little bit, you know, some of the lights. And, and I get it. Uh, some people don't like that, and that, that's okay. I, I have a very deep respect for even some of the a cappella worship and, you know, that like the Church of Christ has historically been. And, and really everything in between. And you know what? I've known people who um, worship in, in different ways through song corporately that love the Lord. And, and the churches are, are healthy, healthy churches. 
So healthy churches can vary in size, location, appearance, denomination, even, even their style of worship. I mean, the list goes on. The main thing is this, and this is what I want to get across today. The main thing is that we're focused on building a church that has the Acts chapter 2 essentials in place. A healthy church is going to have these qualities. It's not limited to these things, but a, a healthy church will have these qualities. So this morning, I'm, I'm really excited because we have an individual from our own church family uh, who's here and would love to share a little bit of his story with you about how some of these essential ingredients have impacted his own walk with Christ over the past couple of years, how it's impacted his own spiritual growth over the past couple of years. So at this time, I want to welcome uh, Nick Weber up to the stage. Let's give Nick a hand this morning. Nick's going to share a little bit about how some of these essential qualities have impacted his life. Now, Nick, we've got to keep it on our chin this morning, all right? I remember what we talked about. Well, good morning, everyone. I am uh, up here. I don't normally do this kind of thing, so it is new to me. But my testimony is about men's class and how it's helped me grow in my faith. Um, I want to kind of go over the steps that it took for me to get into men's class and to get into OCC and kind of my background in in the church. Um, When I was younger, uh, a kid growing up, we did go to church. Uh, We went a couple times a month. It was a larger church. Um, And uh, what I noticed about this church is that we would come and then we would go. We would listen to the messages But we never chatted with anyone throughout the church. We never spoke with anyone. We didn't hang out with anybody that um, outside of church. And um, I kind of thought that was normal because I didn't know anything else. And then when my wonderful wife Stacy invited me to OCC with her family, I noticed right from the right from the get go, everyone was shaking hands, saying hi. It kind of took me back. I was a little bit uncomfortable. Like, holy smokes, what's going on here? You know, but. It took me a while to get adjusted to that, but when I did, um, I enjoyed it. You know, you can genuinely see, genuinely see people care in this church. They want to know what's going on in each other's lives. We pray about each other um, and and things like that, and we genuinely care. So from there, um, I started coming to OCC and started building relationships with a lot of you in the church. Um, And from there, my father-in-law said, hey, why don't you come, why don't you come to uh, men's class. And so I, it took a while. It took a, lo- a long while for him to actually get me to come and, and um, go to men's class. And I kind of knew a little bit what to expect as far as we would be learning about scripture and things of that nature. But um, I, didn't, I didn't realize the extras that I would get from the class. Um, first off, building relationships from with a lot of the uh, uh, younger, vibrant men in the class as well. I think I might be the youngest, but um, I'm able to see what it's like for grown men that have been Christians and lived a Christian life and how to respond to adversity, how to handle different things that might be going through, go, that we might be going through uh, on a, in a day-to-day situation or day-to-day life, struggles and things like that. Um, and so I'm very thankful for what men's class has been able to do for me to open up into this into church. Uh, men's class has uh, it led for me to start helping around the church, doing odds and ends, and 
um, whatever the church needs, you know, as far as cleaning windows, changing lights, things like that. Um, it led to that, and um, the, I never thought that I would be one to come into church and help and do things like that. So I'm grateful that that it led to that as well. Uh, but most important, most importantly, it led to my baptism. Uh, because of the fellowship and the relationships that I was able to build with people in this church, um, I built up the confidence to get baptized. Now, I did get baptized as, a, as an infant, um, but the real baptism came here at OCC. And without men's class and without the fellowship that I experienced coming in here from the start, it probably wouldn't have happened. So um, lastly, I want to leave you guys with this. If anybody is... Um, uh, hesitating to take that next step and come to a class or get to know some other people from OCC. We have a lot of great spiritual leaders, elders, both uh, male and female, that would be more than happy to chat with whomever and point you in the right direction. With that, I'm going to pass it back to Craig. Thank you all very much. He left his notes for me, so I can scribble through those later. And <laughs> Nick, thank you so much for sharing. And there's stories like that all over this room this morning. You know, it's something to celebrate. It's something to be excited about how God's working in this church. And that's going to lead really into the last point for today. This isn't a long one, but I think it's the most important. And that is that a healthy church always gives God the glory. A healthy church always gives God the glory. In closing, I want to read from Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 and 11, or through 11. It says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters. See, Paul's writing to the church. He's saying, church, we've got to get this. We've got to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. Jesus wants his church to be a loving community that values the essential ingredients that are found in Acts chapter 2, while at the same time always giving God the glory. Over the past 11 to 12 months, we've, had, we've seen witnessed six baptisms in this church. That's amazing. Yeah, we can clap for that. That's, that's awesome. It's, <laughs> we give God the glory for that. We've had eight new church members join OCC. We, we've had, you can wait till the end on, on this one. <laughs> it's kind of like a graduation. We'll get through them. There's been two weddings in this church of young couples, and there's been some funerals that have happened here, but none from within our church family, amen? You know, we've seen two weddings and no funerals. A funeral can be a celebration, absolutely, but man, I would much rather, uh, personally, I just like to celebrate with weddings. (laughs) More people are serving and participating this time this year than they were last year, and that's because God is on the move. God is working in this church. We, we give all the glory to God for everything that's happening. Amen? Amen. Amen.